0: Today's scripture reading comes from the book of John, chapter 5, verse 24. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. And from the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 8 through 9, 14 through 17. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Amen.
1: Well, good morning. morning. Are you all awake? You've adjusted to the time change? Yes, you're, you're trying, huh? It's dark in the morning. Good grief. Wow. Uh I want to wake you up a little bit and play a game. Is that okay? Uh you know about word association games? You're going to talk to your neighbor. You can do that? It's church, okay? That's safe. Some of you are shaking your head no. Uh try out, try me out here. I'm going to give you a word and then you're going to uh turn to your neighbor and say the first thing you think. Now we are in church, you know that, but uh I think this will be okay. The first word is this, Mona. Now, you're not talking to me. You're talking to your neighbor, right? Okay. Yeah, anybody not say Lisa? Uh, let's try another one. Uh, now, we are in church. Be nice. President. Wow. Wow. I'm going to move along. Julie, come on up here and sit on the front row with me. No, I'm just teasing you. Uh, another word, uh, Pasadena. <laughs> Front row here, you got to talk to each other. When I say the word, you... Uh, okay. Uh, here's, are you ready? Basketball. Oh, Indiana, yeah. Oh, it's going to be ugly today, yeah. Um, are you ready? American. Now, I want to do a little survey. How many of you said idle? <laughs> About three of us. Well, some people are way behind the times, Julie, so they just, they just don't know. Um, I didn't say it yet. Wait. All right, Kiefer, and you said, how many of you watched 24? yeah. I, Joyce loves that show, and so every Monday, you know, we can't plan anything. She's got, it's on Monday, right? Can't plan anything. So I thought, you know, I'm going to be a good Christian husband this year. I'll try again. So they had those, like, they started off with these two-hour specials, and about an hour into it, you know, he'd bitten somebody's throat out, and somebody had been stabbed in the knee, and I'm like, oh, I can't take it. I had to, I ran out of the room. I just, I can't sleep after that thing. It's just amazing. Anyhow, um, okay, I, one last one. Born again. Christian. Now, let's suppose that um, we went down, and I think this would be tremendous fun. It would be a little bit painful, but let's suppose we took a video camera. We went down to Colorado Boulevard some evening, and we asked people. We played this game, and we said to them, when uh, I say Christian, what do you think of? I wonder what they would say. Uh, I hope I'm wrong here, but I think, what did you say? (laughs) Somebody said stupid. Yeah, I thought... (laughs) Uh, Ah, fuller, you know, you don't want (laughs) to. Moving right along, let's, you know, what would they say? Well, they might say that. um, Surveys indicate many people would say judgmental or egotistical or uh, Bible thumpers or arrogant or hypocrites or something like that. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I wish I were wrong on that. But it's probably true that if you went down and interviewed the uh, non-Christian, the average person, would probably say something more often than not negative rather than positive about us as Christians. Now, in your mind, if you can imagine with me, and I'll ask you to imagine a couple times today, just picture this. Let's pretend for a moment that every Christian group, Protestant, Orthodox, and Catholic, every Christian group in the greater Pasadena, you know, San Gabriel Valley Area. Let's say that we were living at about 99.9% of our potential as Christians. It was amazing. Just never like this before in the face of the earth kind of Christians. And let's say that we were all, all Christians were maxed out at just doing their best for God. And you went down on Colorado Boulevard, did the same interview, and people would say things like, wow, the most radically loving people I know. Or... Let's say that there was this great Christian movement in this area, and you interviewed them, and they said, Wow, those people always tell the truth. Most honest group of people I've ever met. Wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, why isn't that possible? Or they might say, You know what? Those are the most uh, grace-filled folks I've ever met, Christians. It's just amazing what they will do and how they respond toward you. Now, we're kind of in the middle of March Madness, and uh, I'm not talking about the games, I'm talking about our church. And we're doing Just Walk Across the Room, and if you don't know what that's about, you're, you're going to find out. We've been talking uh, throughout this month, and we'll do it again next week, about reaching out and uh, walking across the room. And so we had this circle that we put up here, remember? And what do we call that? Our comfort zone. i got a new word for it. This is the Baptist bubble. <laughs> or you might call it a holy huddle. And we were, tr- were challenging ourselves to leave our comfort zone and to step out into the zone of the unknown. You recall that. And to reach out to someone we don't know, to risk a bit, to venture forth in the name of the Lord. And we're challenging one another to do that. Now, um, Wednesday, during our Lenten series, as Jeanette was teaching from uh, Philippians chapter 2, she talked to us in one of the greater passages in Scripture about Jesus walking across the universe. He left heaven, came to earth for us. That's the greatest walk anybody ever took, was Jesus coming from heaven to earth. So Jesus took that walk for us, and we focused on that Wednesday night in the Lenten series. Um, not long ago, I heard a story, and I want to ask Leno Mace if she would come up here, because I heard a story, and Ted, can, can I use this mic? Yeah. Um, you were on vacation, I think, in New York and Niagara Falls with your husband Bob, and uh, I think you took a walk. So let me ask you, what happened on that vacation in Niagara Falls? You met someone?
2: Yes. Uh, when we were at Niagara Falls, uh, we we saw Tashi and her boy, six-year-old boy Song Sen. and when I saw them, I had a strong uh, feeling that I, uh, I need to talk to them. So I went to them and introduced myself to them and uh, I learned that they were from originally from Bhutan and uh, they were Buddhist because she mentioned that her brother was a Buddhist monk. So from there, I came to learn that she is a Buddhist.
1: And that's that. That was on the the Ocean Mist boat, or something like that, or. Uh,
2: we yes. After that, uh, we went together to the Maid of the Mist. Oh, Maid of the Mist! Maid yeah. of the Mist, and uh, we took picture together. And um, uh, we were together for a while, but uh, the rest of the day we went. Uh, uh, to our separate ways, so we didn't see each other until in the evening that we came to the couch to
1: uh, return to our hotel. Okay. So you were on the, you met her on this uh, tour, really. And then yes. have you had contact since then with Tashi and her son?
2: Yes, I keep, I continue to keep contact with her through email. And uh, surprisingly, she sent an email to me that she, she would like to visit California. So I, extended my invitation to them to visit us so she sounded very pleased and uh, very Uh uh, so she said yes we will come and stay with you for um, uh, for about several days so with anticipation we were praying for them uh, that God will open the way for us to witness to them about the love of Jesus Christ And so they came and stayed with us for about four days. Ah,
1: And while they were here uh, recently, Leno, did you have the chance? Did the door open for a spiritual conversation?
2: Yes, very much. Bob and I, we had golden opportunities to uh, share the love of Jesus Christ with them. And they were very willing and um, uh, very open to listen to the uh, sharing that we have about Uh Jesus Christ. We share about Jesus Christ. And... um, we took them along with us to our church and they attended the Sunday school. So her son, she attended the children's Sunday school and they really enjoyed worshiping mm-hmm. with us. And also, while they were visiting us, Kashi, uh, she had a very serious sore throat and her boy prayed for her oh, and wow. said, Mom, I prayed. Uh, in Jesus' name for you, so you you will be okay. Oh, my
1: so goodness. So
2: we were so pleased wow. and so amazed to hear the boy's prayer and the way she testified about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, we gave them Bibles, mm-hmm. one to Tashi and also children's Bible to uh, Song Sen, the six-year-old uh, boy. And um, uh, so they were very pleased to receive the Bibles also, and we had a very wonderful yeah. time with them.
1: Thanks the so much, Leno. Wow, great yeah. story. Yeah. All right, thank you. <clears throat> well, talk about next steps. I think you heard a good example of someone that's uh, been taking those next steps. I really appreciate that, Leno. Last week, as I talked to you two weeks ago about getting out of our comfort zone, just be willing to to take the step to reach out to someone. Now, when you do that, you are risking. You don't know what's going to happen. There are no guarantees. And so, obviously, you're sending up prayers all the time. Lord, help. You know, what's next? What do I say? And last week, we... We gave you uh, the three Ds. We talked about things you could do when you're out in the zone of the unknown. Why are you there? What can you do? And in small group this week, we talked about this as well. We're there to develop friendships. We're there to discover stories, not tell our story, but discover their story. Telling our story will come. And then finally, we're there to discern appropriate steps. And so those are the things we talked about last week, and you hear even as Leno shared with you, uh, she's developed a friendship, she's discovering a story, and she's praying to God what's the next step. So a great example to us. Now, this morning, I want to talk to you about, uh, furthermore, when we're out here, what's, what's happening? What are we doing? And words are very important. We're not only supposed to take a step out there and walk the walk, at some point we're going to talk. We're going to use words to talk to people about our faith in Christ. Listen to the Scripture as I just highlight what the Bible says. These are just a few examples, there could be many, about words. Ecclesiastes one says, When used sparingly and succinctly, words carry great meaning. Proverbs 12.18 says, That although reckless words pierce like a sword, words from the tongue of the wise can actually bring healing. Proverbs 17.27 says that when used with restraint, words prove you're a person of knowledge. Uh, Ecclesiastes says that all words you speak will be heeded when they are spoken quietly. Deuteronomy 32.2 says words can actually descend like dew, on, like a shower on new grass, like abundant rain. Words, humble words. Well-spoken words, uh, healing words, wise words, grace-filled words have an amazing impact as we step out of our zone of comfort and into the zone of the unknown and use the words God provides for us in these situations. This morning, I want to talk about words in two ways. I want to talk about story. And I want to talk about God's story, and I want to talk about your story. And I don't normally do this, but I'm going to give you an assignment. So just be ready. Okay, let's begin by talking about God's story. God has a story, and God's story is told where? In the Bible. That is God's story. And that book is a a book about God and about God's interaction with humanity. Now, some have said history is H-I-S, His story, the story of God. And this morning, I want to... to invite you to think with me just a moment of what is God's story? How would you tell God's story if somebody said you're, you're a Christian, you believe in the God of the Bible, Christianity? What's that mean? What about that? And this morning I want to uh, talk just very briefly as to how you might be able to tell God's story very succinctly. There, of course, there's much more to than what we're going to say. Now, you've got an outline, and you might take that blue paper, and on the back there's a place you could draw. And I'd encourage you to to write this down. If you don't have a pencil, borrow one from your neighbor. But uh, first we're going to make you know, this kind of very familiar to some of you. Uh, you're just going to make something that looks like that, sort of like uh, a cup. And on one side we're going to write the word people, and the other side, of course, God. And the, the reality is, as we begin to tell God's story, if you, the, that uh, there's a chasm, there's a distance between us and God, and people know that. And so as you're in situations, and like uh, Leno on the boat, uh, at some point, whether it's on the boat or when this person comes to her home, at some point, the Lord is going to create an opportunity for you. The conversation is going to go in a spiritual direction. The person may ask you about your church. They may ask you about the God you believe in. They may bring up something about the Bible. It may, they may share some kind of story. But that's called what? An open door For you to step through to begin to move the question or the conversations more to God. Now, we need to back up to the previous slide. I think we're ahead of ourselves. Um, At some point earlier back, I don't know. Anyhow, we're going to draw this up here. And at some point during the story, you might want to pause and um, you might want to ask people, um, as you're talking about people are separated from God, there's a chasm And oftentimes people try to work their way to God, or they think if I'm good enough, I'll bridge this chasm, or if I give enough money, or if I'm active enough in church. We all have different beliefs about how we're going to get across the chasm. Now, at some point in the conversation, you may want to ask a person that you're talking to, you may want to say, you know, I wonder where you are in your relationship to God. Have you taken a step of faith yet, or are you about to take a step of faith, or are you several steps away from faith? Where are you? In our small groups, we're reading through this book, Just Walk Across the Room. They're available for $15, and if you can't afford that, we'll give it to you. This is a great book uh, to kind of supplement what we're talking about. And Bill Hybels tells the story about a friend of his that was a sailing friend. This man and he raced in regattas together, and he had known the man for several years, had been developing this relationship. And one day they were at a restaurant at a meal, and Bill wrote this very diagram on a napkin. And he said to his friend Dave, Dave, uh, I know you really haven't taken a step of faith, but where are you in this? Are you close to that and not so far? And then he said, There was a long pause, and Dave looked at him and said, Bill, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm in the next booth. And Bill said, I went away from that dinner or that meal knowing I've got a, this is going to be a tough nut to crack. This guy's a long ways from God. But at least he, he admitted it. He knew where he was. And the conversation could continue. Now, as we're talking to someone about this and we talk about our distance between God and man, what's next? What do we talk about next? Well, of course, we talk about the fact that Jesus has become the bridge to God. Jesus is the way to God. And, of course, that bridge is the cross. And then the opportunity or the door is open for us to talk to a person about crossing over. Have you accepted the gift of Jesus, which is eternal life? Now, let's look at uh, Scripture. We're going to put up there, John chapter 5, um, verse 24. And uh, let's read that. To... There we go. Let's read that together. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. And there's that idea the person has crossed over. And when we come into faith In God through Jesus Christ, we've crossed over. The chasm has been bridged. Now, perhaps the greatest verse in all the Bible is the next one, John 3.16, that describes in the shortest possible detail God's story. Let's read this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's it. That's, that's the message. Now, in the book that I referred to, and we don't have the time today, I've got a couple other diagrams that are in there or illustrations. There are different ways of telling the story, and you may want to to look at those and apply those correctly. So God has a story. And that story is told in a variety of ways, but when we're sharing our faith with someone, we want to keep that story very succinct. You don't want to start at Genesis and go all the, re- all the way to the revelation in, you know, to take that kind of time. You, this is the beginning of the story, and, and you should be able to tell it very quickly if someone says, "What kind of God do you believe in?" Now I said we're going to talk about two stories. There's God's story and our story. What is your story? And I want to say this right up front, and this is a bias that I'm bringing to what I'm saying. If you don't buy this, then the rest of the sermon is just check out and draw or something, because you're not going to buy what I'm going to say from now on. Here's what I believe, that when a person meets Jesus Christ, they change. There's a difference. There's a before Christ, and there's an after Christ. And that's what I'm basing everything else I say on today. I think Christ changes people. Let me give you some examples from the New Testament. Um, these stories, many more than this could be given. But um, when the blind man met Christ, before Christ he was blind, after Christ what? He could see. Um, before Christ, Mary Magdalene, the Scripture said, had demons. After Christ, she was free. She wasn't demon-possessed anymore. Before Christ, Zacchaeus was greedy and hung on to his money. After Christ what? He was generous. He gave away his money liberally. Uh, Before Christ, the woman at the well was promiscuous. After Christ, she's changed her lifestyle. Before Christ, Paul hated Christians. After Christ, he was a Christian. You see the before and after? It's throughout Scripture. You can go through the Gospels and just read story like this after story. In Luke chapter 5, I want to read to you from uh, the, the message version of the Bible. It says... One day, in one of the villages, there was a man covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him in prayer and said, If you want to, you can cleanse me. Jesus said, I want to. Be clean. Then and there, his skin was smooth and his leprosy was gone. Now, I don't think we can appropriately imagine what it would like to be a leper, but try in your own mind. Imagine leprosy is on your face, and you have these big oozing sores, and you look in the mirror, and you can't even recognize yourself. Or maybe it's your body, it's your arms, and there's these oozing sores, and they bleed through your shirt, and you're just a nasty, smelly mess all the time. Your body has betrayed you. And you look in the mirror, and you say, it doesn't even look like me. What's happened? And then you meet Jesus... And you say, Jesus, if you wanted to, you could make me clean. And Jesus says, I want to be clean. Imagine then as you look at yourself and instantly, like that, your, your, your arms are smooth. Why, you'd be taking off your clothes and rubbing yourself saying, smooth, man, smooth, I'm smooth. Look at this. When I, when I was going over this story this week, it gave me goosebumps to think about what this man felt. Can you imagine? Before, he was a leper. After Christ, he was smooth. And he went around the rest of his life, I think, with a permanent grin saying, Smooth, man, smooth. I'm smooth. Feel my skin. Touch me. I'm smooth. I can't believe it. That was before Christ. That was after. A very dramatic example of what Christ did in one person's life. Now. This story is told over and over in in Scripture, but it's also told in song. In fact, in probably our most popular song. And um, you better help me now. Sit up straight. Take a breath. Thank you. Help me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. You got the language before and after, right? I once was lost, now I'm found. I once was blind, now I see. Before Christ and after Christ. In the Bible, there's always this before and after story as people meet Christ. I was sick, now I'm healed. I was diseased, now I'm cleaned. I was an outcast, now I'm accepted. On and on it goes. Now, how is it in your life? And I want to put some things on the screen because your assignment is going to be to write your story. And it's going to be a before and after story. Very, very simple. And... Uh, These are just suggestions. You come up with your own ideas. But before Christ what? Let's put that first one up. Before Christ striving, after Christ grateful. You might begin like that. Or before Christ self-destructive, after Christ healthy. Before Christ guilty, after Christ liberated. Another one. Before Christ fear-stricken, after Christ confident. Before Christ despairing, after Christ hopeful. Uh, i don 't know how you want to begin your story, but um, i 've been working all week on um, my version of this story, and let me share it to you now what i 'm going to ask you to do this week is to write out your story about a hundred words or less. You should be able to to read it in one minute okay and uh, you 're going to use this before and after theme and i 'd like for you to email it to me and we 're going to put up an email address here if you don 't have email you can uh, snail mail it to me. I think it still works. Um, but send it here to the church or send it to justwalk at fbcpasadena.com. Now, let me show you how I did this. I've been working all week, and, you know, it's hard to get it down to one minute, but I think I'm there. Here we go. You ready? Do you want to hear mine, or do you want me to just move? Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't have it in front of me here. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong sheet. I don't know where it is you've got it there. Somewhere uh, it's lost in all these papers. Anyhow, it goes something like this. Now I'm really on the spot. I was going to read it to you. Uh, Before Christ, I was lost. I am a directionally challenged person. I often get lost, and I generally don't care. I consider it an adventure. And uh, as a young boy, I grew up in a very good Christian home, accepted Christ. But uh, growing up in the 60s, I think they topped the 70s, Mike. Um, Growing up in the 60s, I got lost again, very lost from God, from faith, from issues that matter. And uh, then Joyce and I got married, age 19. We had our first son at age 20. And when he came into my life, I realized, you are really lost. You have no idea what you're doing. You need help. You need guidance. And so I went back to church, and eventually Joyce and I were baptized and came back to the faith and I, I prayed at that time, God, I know that I need your guidance and direction in life, and I think, Jesus, you can be my guide. And from that day till this, Jesus has been the one that has guided me along the path of life. That's my story. And I want you to think about your story. I, mine would say, I'm lost, I got found, or I'm directionally challenged, now I have guidance. That's the theme. Now, as, as you write your story, um, I want to give you a couple of warnings. First of all... Uh, Write it up, review it. Joyce and I are going to practice this with each other this week. Um, Here's a couple of warnings. You can shipwreck your story. And uh, if we had a lot of time, we could illustrate these in funny ways today. But shipwreck occurs when you talk too much. Don't be a gum flapper, you know. On and on, you just love telling your story. Some of us do love telling our stories. Find a post and tell it as long as you want. But when you're with a real human being, keep it short. You're there for them. And so you want to, is this one you're going to send me? You've got to be able to read it out loud in 60 seconds or less. So don't be a gunflapper. Shipwreck also occurs when you're you are fuzzy. Say what you need to say. Be very specific about it. And then shipwreck also happens when you use church code words, religious ease. If I had said in my story, you know, I'm a real transgressor. I mean, it start out like that. What's that about? He, he's a what? That's weird. I'm scared now if I'm listening to you. You know, don't use any church language. Use language that you'd use at Starbucks, okay? So wh- how many of you are going to put your story together and send it to me? Oh, several of us. Thank you very much. I think I'm done. Seriously, folks, just to wrap this up, when you take a walk, we're doing this for a reason. We want to share Christ's love in word and in deed, in whatever way He opens up for us. And you need to be able to give a reason for the hope that was with, is within you. And you do that through this little diagram. Here's what I believe about God. Here's how we are, have a relationship with God through the cross, through Jesus. And here's what God, the difference God has made in my life. Now, if God hasn't made any difference in your life, I'd invite you this morning to receive God into your life, to become a Christian, and to begin to live as a person filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, this week, as we were, uh, as I was preparing for this message, I decided, but I want to end in a, in a very different direction. I want you to pretend again with me. I want you to look up. I don't want you to look at the ceiling. I want you to look up with your mind's eye to heaven, and to think about it. We sang a song earlier t- this morning about heaven. What will it be like to really be in heaven? I mean, what is that day going to be? This week, I have had some high highs and some low lows. It's been a huge week. And there have been some points when I've been very saddened. And those of you who are members of our fellowship, we we miss some folks around here that were here a year ago. And I've been very saddened about that and cried some. And then I got to thinking about heaven. Wow. Philip Yancey says, heaven is when I get my friends back. Mm. There's a lot of people I want to see that are there. It's going to be a great day. And there are some people that I don't know if they're going to be there. And I need to talk to them about Jesus. I need to pray for them. And I need to see what God will do because heaven's a real place. And all who know the Lord are going there. It's going to be a great day. I'd like for you to reflect on the message to you today, reflect on whether you're going to be a just walk person and listen as we play this song. Let's bow for prayer. I ask the gentleman to come forward who will wait upon us in a moment. What a day it will be when we see no longer darkly but face to face. Jesus, help us to live this week to be prepared for that day. Help us to reach out to others, to put our arm around them so that they too may be prepared for that day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming into our hearts and lives, for giving us the gift of eternal life. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.